Hiya, and welcome to the Full-Time Artist Podcast with me, your host, artist and creative mentor, Nick Everest. This potty is here for all of you creative humans who are wanting to build your creative practice into a life of abundance, ease, and where you can work your passion full-time. Over the past five years, I've built a thriving creative career where I'm now earning more than I ever did in my muggle job as a physiotherapist. I am now helping other amazing creatives turning their passion into their full-time job using my signature framework, The Thriving Artist Method. In this podcast, we look behind the scenes of how I've built my creative career and talk with amazing guests who will help you build yours too. If you're a driven, creative human, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Full-Time Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope whatever you're doing, whether you're going for a morning walk, a morning coffee, trying to think when else I listen to a podcast in the car, thank you for joining us here, and I hope today gives you some good insights into building your own beautiful creative career. Today's episode, what we're jumping into is the three most asked questions I get about building a creative business. I thought this would be a perfect topic for the second episode so that we can jump right in and answer some questions you probably have been thinking yourself or maybe you've asked others yourself and we can chat about chat about what I think about these these three common questions and how to work through them and And let's look at what the answers are for these questions, right? All right, we're just going to jump straight in. I'm so excited to chat about this. So the first question I get a lot from people starting their creative practice is, do I have to have one style? So I wanted to dive into this question a little bit to start because I think a lot of this, the reasons behind creators wanting to know the answer to this question is because of social media, right? So before social media days, I'm sure it was really normal for creatives to have their own art, you know, have be working in their studio, be experimenting with heaps of different types of art, be experimenting all the time, different mediums, different styles, different techniques. And then they'd build a collection together, take it to a gallery and exhibit the work. And then there was a lot of other work, you know, around their studio that never sort of got shown that maybe those ideas hadn't developed yet. And so, but that was just like the normal process, right? But now I think with the days of social media, there seems to be like a lot of a lot of pressure felt, whether it's true pressure or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not imagined pressure, perceived, perceived pressure to have our Instagram feed looking beautiful, to have, you know, one style throughout the feed, you know, to make, have it very curated, looking very beautiful. Like that is the only way to build your creative career, right? And I want to touch on this because first and foremost, we're creatives, right? And I think it's pretty a pretty good assumption to make that in our nature, we like to play, we like to experiment, we like to try different things. You know, we don't like to be pigeonholed into one way of painting, into one style, into one subject matter. For some artists, this comes really naturally for them potentially they have something that they just are addicted to and they paint all the time 
But I really think that when you're building your creative career, that this is a this is a process to get to that point and that you may also never get to that point where painting in one particular style is your vibe, makes you feel really good, is what fuels your creative work, right? Let me speak to this. I don't know if I'm being clear, but when I'm when I was building my creative style, I was experimenting with heaps of different techniques. I was looking at realism, I was doing acrylic fluid pouring, I was you know, doing grey lead sketches, I was doing portraits, I was doing landscapes, I was doing still life. I was experimenting with a lot of different styles and techniques and I think especially when you're starting, it is super important to do that because to build your own unique technique, your own unique style, you need to try out a heap of different things and see what you enjoy, see what lights you up, see what, you know, excites you. Whereas if you sort of early on be like, okay, there's these still life paintings that I'm doing there, you know, I've sold a few, I'm just going to keep doing them. You're going to find yourself getting to the point where you're really uninspired, where you're drained, where it's becoming more of a like do it for you job like here's another still life because it's going to make me money and it's not going to light you up inspire like inspire you light you up creatively so I don't think that's a way to build a sustainable creative business right so I think experimenting playing you know following the breadcrumbs of where your creative practice takes you and if that is different work than what you've been doing before I think first and foremost that you're a creative human so that is totally okay that is how we build the style of the vibe that we're working on you know that the the style and vibe that is unique to us that is you know our creative signature and that that can evolve and should evolve as we evolve as humans right so speaking to my own creative practice my work has evolved from uh from abstract to portraits to landscapes now to a place where it's i i'm creating landscapes with my unique acrylic pour technique and you might think that acrylic pour is not unique nick but when you look at my work it doesn't really look like an acrylic pour it looks like realism have a look at my pieces you'll see what i mean and that is the style and the type of work that i'm currently addicted to and so currently, when you look at my, my page, it probably really, in your eyes, seems streamlined, seems like all my work is, you know, curated and, and looks that way. But really, it's because I've spent those years and that time experimenting with different styles, experimenting with different subject matters, that I've come to the, this point of being obsessed with this style, with this technique, with this subject matter, that now when I want to paint it is in this way and it is in this style in I keep saying style again and again but it is the I'm addicted to painting in this way and any landscape I go to I'm like how can I produce a painting in my technique like to get those textures to get those colors you know what am I feeling when I'm out in this landscape and that's how I build the work that I'm doing right now so If you're at the start of your creative career, if you're mid-creative career and you do have lots of styles, how I would manage this with social media is to share, (laughs) to share, to share the work that you're doing, even if it's not the exact same work as what you have been doing and to invite your audience in on that process, right? 
So to allow them to have that conversation, to be like, hey, I've just been doing this new work. It's something a bit different. I'm really vibing it. I'm going to be posting a bit more about this. You know, just be open and share that with them, right? And it's not to say like people can get to know you and like you and follow your style because of your specific style, right? But the more open you are with your audience, the more it's a community, the more it's a two-way street, the more the people that are going to be following you are going to be following you because of you, right? Because of because of they like your journey, they're following your journey, they're supporting, they're cheering you on. So if your style evolves, they're likely to stay on and see where that goes, right? If you have a beautiful curated page where it's just like, here's a product, here's a product, here's a product, here's a product, and then all of a sudden that product changes, then yeah, totally you can see why your audience, you know, doesn't want to see that and then leaves you and moves on. Does that make sense? So I think it's more about the communication behind it rather than stopping yourself from doing it or stopping yourself from sharing it. So when I'm asked this question, I say it's absolutely important to follow the creative vibes that you get to experiment, to play. And that is the only way that you are going to then develop a unique style. But in saying that, I know that in five years time, the work I'm doing now is probably going to evolve as I evolve as an artist, as I evolve as a person. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to, Ruby, that's enough. Ruby's scratching her back and making all of these funny sounds. I'm not sure if you can hear that or not. Um, <laughs> Ruby, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think it's really like to ha- the answer to, do I have to have one style? The answer is no. But I also, and the other answer that I want to say here too is if you have multiple styles because you're following multiple trends, that's also not the right answer. Having multiple styles is about following the breadcrumbs of what excites you, what lights you up, what is really interesting to you from your point of view, from your perspective and bringing those unique things about you into the work because that's how you develop your unique style, right? But if you're creating multiple things because you're trying to follow multiple trends, because you're trying to sell more work, then that's not the the path to build a sustainable career either. Yeah. So that's my answer for that question. (laughs) Do I have to have one style? No, I think it's important to be a creative first and to follow the creative breadcrumbs. Right. And to keep that open communication with your audience, if your vibe is changing when you are experimenting, that's totally fine. Okay, the second question. How do I find time for my creative work? So how do I find time for my creative work? This is such a big one, such a common one when I talk to aspiring artists, other creatives out there. You know, when you're working a full-time job or a part-time job, when you've got a family, when you've got a, you know, you play sport or you have other commitments, finding time for your creativity can be really challenging. And the first question I would ask you if you asked me this is, what do you want out of your creative practice? Are you a creative who is a hobbyist, who loves, who's so passionate about creating work, about art, about whatever it is? but loves doing it in your free time and and that is what fulfills you 
because in that case, then it's about, you know, talking with your family and building in that time for your hobby, which is so important in your life, right? But if I ask you that question and your answer is, I want to build a creative career from my art practice, from my creative practice, then it's a different conversation. Then we need to look at and have that really, really true and honest conversation, which is if you're wanting to build a creative career, then your creativity, your artwork has to be in your top priorities, right? It has to be in the top three at the very least, yeah? And how I speak to this is knowing that we go through seasons of life where different things are our priority. Maybe we're, we've just, we're, we've had our first child, so that's our priority. Maybe there's health concerns in the family, so looking after loved ones is your priority. Maybe you've just got a new promotion at work, that's your priority, whatever it is. But in that priority system, your creativity, if you're wanting to build a creative career, it's got to be in the top three. It's got to be up there because that is the only way that you are going to make the time for your creative practice. So in saying that, if if there's other things that are the top one, two priority and your creative practice is number three, then I think it's really important to look at this season of your life in okay, I can't, you know, be putting in the massive hours into my creative practice, but it's still really important to be doing those one percenters to be continuing to move my creative career forward. What are the one percenters that I can do to be doing that? And when I talk one percenters, like I always use a sporting analogy because like you probably know by now, I am quite sporty. I was, (laughs) Um, but like say in football, right? You know, when you you have your coach and you, you talk about all the, the teamwork of the, the match, the coach will always talk about, you know, did you put your hands over the ball? Did you do the tackle? Did you, you know, um, hip and shoulder? I guess I think that's the same. Did you hip and shoulder the player out of the way to protect your other player? All of those things are the one percenters. And then obviously the big, the big goals are the kicking of the goal, the taking the mark, the... Um, you know, getting the score points on the on the scoreboard. <laughs> Gosh, I'm really nailing this sporting analogy. But the one percenters are all those little acts that the team does to get the team over the line to get that win. So in the creative world, the one percenters are what can you do to be building your craft? So how can you try and stay inspired? If going out in nature and going for a walk is one of the things that inspires you, can you build a you know a twenty minute nature walk into your week? Can you build a ten minute nature walk into your week? Maybe it's enough to just get out into your garden each day, and that's going to help you stay inspired. Can you take a sketchbook with you to school pick up and get there ten minutes early and do a quick sketch before school pick up? Can you always have a sketchbook with you so that any appointments that you're sitting waiting for, you can get your sketchbook out? Can you keep a journal with you and do the same thing with journaling? Can you listen to podcasts on your on your commute? Can you, instead of driving a couple days a week, can you catch the train so you can sketch on the train? Um, there are so many little one percenters like that that you can build into your daily life that are going to keep your creative practice moving when your creative practice can't be your your first priority. And then it's looking at, now I want to really build upon my creative practice. Last The last season of my life, you know, I've been doing these one percenters. Now I'm in a really good place. I, I'm, I've got an idea for a collection of work. I want to create this collection. 
you know, I've, um, I'm a bit more settled now with my new baby or that promotion at work is going really well. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on top of things now. I'm not staying late anymore. Now I can put in some solid hours into my creative practice and take those biggest steps. So there, how to, be, how to find time for your creative work is if it's a top priority, then obviously you're going to prioritize it, right? You're going to say no to joining that netball team because you think, well, I either play netball on Saturday or I, you know, prioritize my creative practice is my priority for this season. I'm going to do my creative practice. You, you know, might be the canteen lady might ask you to volunteer at school and you'll be like, sorry, I'm working on my creative practice that day because my creative practice is my top priority. So having it up there, that is how you make that time for your creative practice. And by doing the one percenters in those seasons where it's not the top, where it's with second or third, you know, or lower if it has to be, but doing those one percenters is going to keep it you moving forward so that when you do get those seasons where you have the time, you can be taking those big steps. There's nothing worse than doing when you ha- when you're in a season where you can't do a lot, doing nothing. And then when you get into a season of your life where you can do a lot, you're almost starting from scratch. So those one percenters are super important. So how does that feel? <laughs> I can't ask you that. But join us in the Facebook group, the Full-Time Artist Collective, and let me know your thoughts on that, that topic. And then my third question is, how, <laughs> how the heck do I find my audience? What do you mean by that, Nick? How do I find an audience of people to support my work? And... I really like this question because I think this is a really important one and one that I think a lot of artists, a lot of creatives are just missing this last element. Maybe they've really developed their unique craft and their unique style, their unique voice in the art world. Maybe they're super consistent with their practice. They're doing the work. They're, you know, showing up consistently. They're staying inspired. But then they they still haven't found that audience of people to support them, that audience of people, that like-minded people that are going to love their work because they relate to it, because they connect to it, because they you know, it is their vibe as well. And so this is a really key element and something that I, that comes up a lot (laughs) with artists that I know and creatives that I know. So finding your audience, finding your audience is about connecting with people that usually, and I would say hundred percent of the time, but most often are like-minded that like the same things that have similar hobbies, that have similar interests that are going to connect to your work because it speaks to them because you like similar things, right? So there's two categories for this. There's connecting with people online and then there's connecting with people in the real world. So if we speak to connecting with people online, it's about showing up as yourself because people can't connect to you if they don't know you. People People might like your work, but if they don't know the inspiration and the story behind it, then they're less likely to connect to it on a deeper level where they will become an audience of supporters, an audience of collectors. So by speaking and showing up as yourself, by showing the artist behind the work, by showing the inspiration behind the work, by sharing your ideas, sharing your process, then you are likely to attract like-minded people onto your social media channels. And you can go the step further and be connecting with 
pages that you love with Instagram pages that you love, Facebook pages that you love and sharing your work on there or interacting on there and getting to know those people who will then, once they find out you're an artist, are obviously going to probably like your work, right? So this, this, all of this speaks to connecting to people who are like-minded, right, who enjoy similar things to you, similar hobbies, and then are more likely to enjoy your work goes all the way back and links back to your craft. Because if you're not producing work that is unique to you, that speaks to you, that, you know, encompasses the things that you enjoy and that lights you up, then the audience that you're attracting is probably not going to like your work. So when I talked about building the foundations of your work, they're all linked, right? Finding and, and owning in on your craft and really bringing you into your creative work is so important in then building that audience of people who are then going to support you in your work. See how that's linked? Does that make sense? So then building your audience, finding your audience in the real world, that is by inviting your family and friends to know that you're an artist, (laughs) to talk about your work with them. This can be super intimidating. I totally get it. This is something that can be very challenging for many creatives out there, but talking to dropping it into conversation to your hairdresser, to your barista, to your librarian, to whoever that you're an artist, you do this sort of work and openly talking about it and celebrating your work, celebrating what, what you, what you've got coming up. If you've got a new collection, all of those sorts of things are how we find our audience within the people that we interact with in our day-to-day lives. And I think that's really valuable to get used to and comfortable with having those conversations because so many opportunities arise from people around us because innately people want to help. They want to support. They want to cheer you on. So if they know that you're an artist and you're trying to build a creative career, if an opportunity comes up, they're probably going to tell you about it, right? So that is how we find the audience in our real world as well. Okay, so answers do I have to have one style in short no how do I find time for my creative work you pop it in your first three priorities (laughs) how the heck do I find my audience you show up as yourself online and in the real world and let the world know that you are an artist and the, the inspiration and stories behind your work all right they are the three questions I have a bonus question here which is asked to me all the time which is how do I price my work and What I have for you, which we chatted about in yesterday's podcast at the end, is a free spreadsheet that looks at how I price my work. You just fill in the numbers. It gives you a price plus some tips and some tricks for other elements that are involved in pricing. If pricing is something you struggle with, please jump on nickeverest.com forward slash free and you can download your free spreadsheet. Give it a go. See what numbers come up for you. See how it feels. I think this can be, pricing can be such a stressful, anxiety-inducing process that I really hope that this eases that for you and makes it a lot more smooth sailing. Um, I always say here too that artists price their work differently. This is just how I do it to give you a bit of a guide. So if that's interested to you, jump on nickeverest.com forward slash free and download your free pricing spreadsheet now. And yeah, that is it for us today. I hope that that, this episode was interesting, that you have some good insights. 
into some things that you can incorporate into your creative practice to be building your creative career. Uh, Thank you again for being here and for listening. Uh, If you want to keep the conversation going, make sure to join the Full-Time Artist Collective and you can ask any questions you have about this podcast. And if you enjoyed it, please leave a review and share it with your friends. That would mean so much to me. And tomorrow we have our very first interview with a very special guest. So please don't miss out on that one. I will see you in the next episode. (laughs) Bye, guys. Whoa.